It is so good uh, to have uh, stepmom Jane with us, uh, as Tapta said earlier, uh, all the way down from uh, Linville, Tennessee, and uh, just thank God, amen, for them, and uh, and uh, thank God for her being able to be with us uh, today. Also, thank God for my Uncle John being in service this morning, and uh, uh, it's just so good uh, to see you, and, uh, and just love you so much, and uh, Linda, good to have you with us. Uh, this morning as well. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Ezekiel chapter number 37. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry, we'll have the, we'll have the verses up on the screen. At Ezekiel chapter number 37. I'm not going to give an introduction this morning. I'm just going to get in right into the reading of, of the Word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter number 37 we're going to pick up reading at verse number one and we're going to read down through verse number 14 larger section of reading than what i would typically do but uh amen we're going to take time and we're going to read god's word this morning so ezekiel chapter 37 beginning at verse number one the hand of the lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up 
from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Bow your heads and pray with me one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as I come to this moment in the service, God, I pray, first of all, Lord, that, God, your spirit would be real and be present, God, in this place this morning. God, it is not by my power and it is not by my might, but it is by your spirit, saith the Lord. And God, I want you, Lord, to hide me behind the cross of Jesus Christ. God, let my words this morning be your words this morning. God, let this message this morning be your message this morning. God, I I pray, God, that every soul, every person that is here that is listening to this service as we sit in this sanctuary, and those that will be listening on a podcast or on a website later on, God, that it would not be, Lord, me that they see, God, but it would be you, and it would be your presence and your power, God, that would transform their lives. God, to see this morning, God, what you can do for them, God, and what you've done for me, God, and all the rest of us that are here this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout, amen. God gave Ezekiel a vision of a valley. And this valley of dry bones, it represents the whole house of Israel. As Ezekiel prophesied, It was during the time of the Babylonian exile. Nebuchadnezzar and his forces, his armies, had come into Israel and had come into Jerusalem. He had destroyed the cities. He had destroyed the temple. He had taken away those that were of the house of Israel into exile. And they were, amen, in a place where they were defeated. If, if you could ever imagine a place and a time, amen, where somebody felt like that they had no hope, they had no, uh, no hope of anything in their life, there was nothing to look forward to. I mean, everything in their lives had been destroyed. Everything in their lives had been taken away from them. It kind of reminds me of what's happening in Ukraine right now. I don't know what your opinion is on what's happening over there. But I, I, regardless of what's going on over there, I see, I see women and children that are running and fleeing for their lives. I see homes and, and apartment buildings that are being destroyed. I see hospitals, amen, that are being destroyed. I see, I mean, I, I read or, or, or saw the other day 112, I think it's probably more than that now, baby strollers that they rolled out, uh, amen, as a demonstration to show how many children have been killed already in this conflict. Imagine for a moment, amen, what Ukraine is going through right now and multiply that times 100. And that may come close to what happened in Israel, amen, as Nebuchadnezzar and his forces, amen, came into, amen, Israel and Jerusalem and completely destroyed them. It must have felt like there was no hope for restoration. But in our reading, God shows Ezekiel a valley of dry bones. And these dry bones that he sees there, I mean, once were a mighty army. They once were a proud nation. 
They once were a people, amen, that were following God and that were worshiping Him and that God was blessing and that God, amen, was pouring out His Spirit upon. And God, amen, as He shows Ezekiel this vision, He says, not on, he, he, he drives this point home, not only were these bones dry, but they were very dry. There was no marrow left. There was no life left. There was no hope, seemingly, of restoration. In fact, from a human perspective, we could probably say that the only things that these bones were good for was burying. But as Ezekiel stands there in this valley of dry bones, God tells Ezekiel to do something that probably sounded ridiculous. God said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. God told Ezekiel to preach, to proclaim the word of God to a bunch of dead, dry bones and declare to them, this is what the Lord says. I am going to put you back together. I am going to cover you again. I'm going to put muscles and tendons and skin on you once again. And I am going to breathe into you the breath of life. Uh, and it is going to enter into you again. And you shall live. Amen. For some of you this morning, you may feel like there's some things in your life uh, that are dead uh, and dried up and good for nothing else uh, than to be buried. Uh, you may feel like there's no hope for that dream or promise uh, Amen. that you've had in your heart uh, and that you've been holding on to. You may feel like uh, your situation is hopeless, uh, but no matter how dry the bones are, amen, and no matter how dead it may seem, uh, God can still breathe life uh, back into your situation again. Can somebody say amen? There is no situation too messed up uh, that Jesus cannot fix. There is no lost family member too far gone that Jesus cannot save. And there is no prayer too difficult uh, that Jesus cannot and will not answer. So Ezekiel prophesied to the bones. And the bones began to rattle. Did y'all catch that? There was a noise. <laughs> and the bones began to rattle. There was a shaking that was taking place over amen, the whole valley of death. And God began to put the pieces back together in the proper order. The foot bone connected to the ankle bone, the knee bone. Uh, Y'all know it. Come on. Y'all don't make me sing it by myself. Leg bones connected to the hip bone. God started putting the pieces of their lives back together again. Everything began to rattle and began to shake. I don't know if they were, I mean, strewed down all, all over that valley or if they were by each other, but whatever the case was, uh, whosoever bones those belong to, uh, I mean, they began to find their way back together and God began to assemble again. Uh, I mean, what was once there, uh, I mean, God said, I'm going to put it back together. <laughs> Sinews and muscles and flesh began to cover the bones until Ezekiel saw a mighty army. Once again, some of you right here today might need to just start prophesying to some dead things in your life. <laughs> 
Maybe you start need to start speaking faith to your doubt. Maybe you need to start reminding your problems how big your God is. Instead of telling your God how big your problems are. Maybe you need to take off a spirit of heaviness this morning and put on a garment of praise. Jesus can put the pieces back together again. But you got to be willing to give him the pieces. You may be sitting here this morning or you may be listening later on, amen, but uh, you may be in a place where you feel like your life has been shattered and your life has been broken and all the pieces uh, there's just too many of them amen they're they're strewn across the ground uh, amen there is no way there is no hope there is no amen point at even trying anymore because uh, there is no way that these pieces can be put back together again amen jesus is saying son uh, or daughter if you would just take the pieces uh, and pick them up uh, and lift them up to me once again i can take the broken pieces of your life and i can put it back together Again, that's the God and the Jesus that we serve, amen, this morning. Amen. Give it all to Him this morning. You know what will happen? The Bible says he, he loves when we come to Him with a broken spirit and a contrite heart. And we bring the broken pieces of our life and lift them back up to Him. And we begin to proclaim and say, you know what? I'm going to mess up. You know what? I might be broken. You know what? Hey, Amen. I might have twisted some things up in my life. But Jesus, uh, I know you're the great fix-it man. Uh, I know you're, I can't do it. Uh, hey, Amen. My pastor can't do it. Uh, my neighbor can't do it. Uh, my daddy can't do it. Uh, hey, Amen. Nobody else can do it uh, and put the pieces back in, in my life again. But Jesus, uh, you can do it. Uh, and as I begin to lift it up uh, and begin to proclaim that God's Word says uh, that He's a restorer, that God's Word says He's a a healer that God's word says he's a blesser I hear the sound of dry bones beginning to rattle I hear the sound of movement uh, taking place what you thought was dead uh, is not dead any longer God said would you just lift it up to me but that wasn't enough there was a mighty army that was assembled before Ezekiel but there was no breath in them yet they, they were there in the valley. The pieces had come back together, but there was still no life. There was no breath. They were still dead. You see, they looked okay on the outside. But there was something wrong on the inside. Because there was no life and there was no power and there was no breath in them. You see, we got to understand something, church. We can, we can look good on the outside. You can adjust your Facebook timeline and make it look like everything is going okay in your life. You can trim it. You can put makeup on it. You can Botox it. You can dress it up, make it look pretty. But on the inside, you could be dry and dead and empty of God's presence in your life. See, Jesus told some Pharisees and some hypocrites this in 
I don't have the verse up there, Kendall, but Matthew 23, 27 says this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Jesus said that he came to this earth, to this world, to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. See, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if there's dead things in your life, it ain't from God. It's from the enemy. Because God don't do dead things. You realize, I mean, I've asked people before, I mean, I've not found one yet. But when Jesus, as he walked on the earth, and you read through the Gospels, when he came in contact with a dead person, that dead person didn't stay dead. He just happened to be walking through a town one day, and a, and a boy, a son of, uh, uh, of this woman, was, the funeral procession was taking place. And amen, they, he began to walk through, and he passed by. What's going on? There's a funeral procession going on. Well, amen, that young man that was there, amen, is being carried, amen, to his tomb, to his grave, did not stay dead. Jesus raised him back to life again. And I'm here to tell you this morning, amen, in a spiritual sense, uh, if there are some dead things and some dead areas of your life this morning, uh, amen, if you get into the presence uh, of Jesus Christ today, uh, amen, those dead things will not stay dead, uh, amen, you can come out, uh, amen, alive in Jesus' name this morning. There is no life apart from the source of life, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He, does not, he did not say, I am a way, a truth, and a life. Did you catch that? He is the way, the only one, the truth, the only one, the life, the only one. And the word breath in this passage, now some of you may have been reading a different version. If you read the King James Version, you'll see wind, in place of breath in some places, and it kind of mixes those words up between some of the versions. But the Hebrew word is the same word for all of these, uh, and it's the word ruach. Everybody say ruach. you got to put that at the end. Amen. So we're going to practice that again. Hey, don't, I mean, don't say ruach. you got to say ruach like you're about to spit something out of your mouth. All right, ready? Try it again. Ruach. All right, some of y'all made a mess. There's some, there's some tissues there beside you. If you don't have some, please raise your hand, and we'll get an usher to bring one to you. The word ruach means breath or spirit. You see, the breath of God and the spirit of God are the same thing. God breathed into the first man, Adam's nostrils, the Bible says, and man became a living soul. Without the breath of God, Adam would have been nothing more than a bag of bones. But when God breathed his breath, his spirit, his life into Adam, Adam came alive. And when you and I allow God and His Spirit to infiltrate and to come into our lives, uh, He puts His life in you and in me. See, before you come to Him, you are dead, the Bible says, in your trespasses and in your sins. 
But after you come to Jesus, uh, He breathes His breath in you and raises you uh, into newness uh, of life. Come on, somebody. We don't serve a dead God this morning, do we? Amen. I didn't see that in the newspaper this morning. Uh, Amen. There's all kind of tragedy and all kind of things that are going on in the world. Uh, Amen. But I wish somebody would print uh, on the front page uh, of the paper that God is still alive this morning and He's not dead. And He can take care of whatever needs we have this morning. So God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the breath or to the wind. Ezekiel prayed, breath of God, breathe on these slain and bring life back into them again. Hallelujah. I hear the sound of dead bones rattling. I see some dead things coming back to life again. Amen. It might have sounded crazy. It did. Can you imagine? Did you catch Ezekiel's answer? Amen. At the beginning, amen. When God said, "Prophesy to the bones," and He says, "Can these bones live?" You know what Ezekiel was probably thinking? No way, Jose. But you can't say that to God. His name ain't Jose. It's Yahweh. So he gave the answer the rest of us probably would have given. You know, Lord. But see, God had already proven to Ezekiel by this point. He said, prophesy, preach to the bones and say, bones, uh, you ain't staying dead, you're coming alive. And there was a rattling and a shaking and a noise that took place and all these things began to come back together and God said, hold up just a minute. Not done yet. Now I want you to prophesy and speak to the wind, the four winds of heaven, amen, to come and breathe on these slain. This wasn't, uh, amen, a a nor'easter. Amen, this wasn't, uh, amen, a thunderstorm wind. Uh, Amen, this was the wind of the Holy Spirit uh, that was coming back into these dead bones uh, and bringing them back to life again. Breathe on these slain. And the Bible says, uh, amen, this army that was once dry and dead and strewn across the floor of a valley of death. Amen. All of a sudden, life, amen, came back into them. Amen. This army that was once defeated, it was once just a pile of dead bones baking in the sun. Now God had brought life back into them, and they stood up on their feet. I don't know what you would have done. When a bunch of when a skeleton army got up and started breathing and stretching and say, "Hey, where's my sword? Has anybody seen my shield? What about my shoes of peace? Has anybody seen them? What about my helmet of salvation? I know I got a breastplate of righteousness around here somewhere. Hey, Amen. Somebody help gird up my loins with some truth over here." I don't know what you would have done. But I know what I would have done. (laughs) I'd have fell down on my knees and said, Oh, Lord, my God. Are these for us or against us? We know who they were for. 
God brought life back into them. They stood on their feet. An army that was, was once defeated rose up as a mighty army of the Lord once again. You see, this passage that we read is about the restoration of Israel. It's prophecy. God said, I see the condition that you're in. I know Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed, looted, sent your people into exile. I know all this because I sent Nebuchadnezzar to you. Because you rejected my word. And I told you, as long as you obeyed my commandments, as long as you didn't serve foreign gods, as long as you kept me first and foremost and number one in your life, that every blessing that I could ever promise would come upon you. But I also told you that when you turn to these other gods and you serve these false demonic powers that are behind these gods, that I would send these nations in and they would be snares to you. And they would destroy you. So I know why Nebuchadnezzar came. I'm the one who sent him. But here's what I say to you, Israel. I'm just waiting on you to turn back to me, to humble yourself down and say, we have sinned against God. We have sinned against ourselves. And God, we seek for your forgiveness. And God says, when you do that, I'll reverse the curse. I'll turn it back around again. And God says, I know down through time, somewhere along the lines, Israel, I am going to bring you back together again. I am going to restore you because you're going to turn to me. And we saw, I mean, pieces and parts of that happen, I mean, throughout history and throughout the Bible. One of the greatest proofs of biblical prophecy in all of the Bible was the day in 1948 when Israel became a nation again. Because God said... I'm going to put you back together and I'm going to bring you back to your own land uh, and I'm going to give you uh, I mean, everything that I promised you. But 1948 was just the beginning for Israel. It won't be until the end of the tribulation. It won't be until the second coming of Jesus Christ. When Israel comes to the knowledge and the realization that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. It will be at that moment, the Bible says, that Israel will be saved and redeemed. And God is going to bring them in at that time. But I'm here to tell us something this morning. We know that this story is about Israel and their restoration. But I think there's a message for this for us. I think there's a message in this for us today. I believe that God in these last days, can somebody agree that we're living in the last days? 
you'll see all these things happen, Jesus said. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be pestilences, COVID-19. There'll be famine. You'll see people begin to turn away from the faith. The love of many will wax cold. They'll heap up for themselves teachers having itching ears, teaching them what they want to hear. There'll be a form of godliness in denying the power thereof. Mother will turn against daughter, and daughter against mother, father against son, brothers against sisters. You'll see all these signs begin to happen, Jesus says, in Matthew chapter number 24. But the end is not yet. These are just the beginning of sorrows. Ladies and gentlemen, what we are going through right now, what we are facing is just a prelude to what will take place during that seven-year great tribulation period of time that is coming upon this earth. We are merely one step away from an antichrist figure stepping on the global scene, claiming to have the answer to all the world's problems. We are merely one step away from a missile hitting the wrong piece of property in Europe to usher in a war that will bring about what we don't have time to preach this morning, but you can flip over and read at your leisure Ezekiel 38 and 39. God talks about a war that is coming. The war of Gog and a Magog. And this is going to be the war of wars and the battle of battles. And it's not going to be against Ukraine or Poland. Keep your eyes on Israel. Because this prophecy is a prophecy about Israel. The prophecies in this word are about His church and about Israel. There's going to be a army that comes out of the north the bible says and he's going to put hooks god's going to put hooks in his jaw this antichrist figure and it's going to draw him out to war against israel ladies and gentlemen we have never been closer to that moment than we are right now i am not saying that what's happening in ukraine is the beginning of the war of gog and magog i am not saying that don't go home and tell people i said that but what I'm saying is this, it could be. It could be the start of something bigger. It could embolden some dictator, Putin or otherwise, to come down out of the north and say, I'm going to take the resources that Israel has and I'm going to take it for myself. That's what the Bible says is going to happen. I said all that to say this. Jesus is coming soon. We sang the song, soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. Jesus is coming back for His church after a bride that has made herself ready without spot and without blemish and without wrinkle.
And the only way to be part of the church of Christ is not to sign a book that is under this podium. It's not the membership that you have at First Baptist Church. It's not how many checks you write in tithes to the church or to a missionary. It's not about how you trim it, dress it, Botox it. It's not about what you put on your Facebook timeline. When Jesus comes back on the clouds of heaven and the last trumpet sounds, the only thing that will matter in that moment is, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Have your sins been forgiven? Are you redeemed? Because there is no way in and of yourself that you can ever present yourself before God without spot or without blemish or without wrinkle. You cannot do it, and I cannot do it. The only way, ladies and gentlemen, that that happens is when you come to the cross of Christ, that you come to a place of an altar, that you come to the place at the feet of Jesus who has His arms spread out wide for you, Showing you his nail-scarred hands. And saying, son or daughter, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. And I accept your gift of salvation into my life. At that moment, you go from dead to alive. In that moment, you go from a pile of dead, dry bones to a member of an army that is marching forward in these last days, that is fighting every attack of the enemy that is fighting every scheme and device of the devil, that is working tirelessly at every moment of life that we can give to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to reach somebody who is going the wrong way, who is blind and cannot see that they are in darkness of sin and they are walking off the plank of life into a sea that will swallow them into eternity. Removed from God. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can these bones 
live. When the Bible says when Jesus comes back on this earth and he comes back after his church and he comes back after those who claim to be believers and followers of Christ, will he find faith in the earth, the Bible says. There are too many churches across this world today that have turned the gospel of Jesus Christ into something else. For many people that are in the world, I'm not saying that we look at it this way as a whole. I'm not, I'm not putting words in your mouth or thoughts in your mind. There are sinners that are out there in the world today that are looking at the church and they are laughing at me and you. Because they know we are powerless. that most of the church world today is nothing more than a pile of dead, dry bones baking in the sun. That don't see the love of Jesus Christ extending outside of the walls of the church. that don't see people who are so passionate about Christ. That they won't even take one finger and try to stop somebody who was walking off the edge into eternity lost. We can dress it up. We can put makeup on it. We can build a facade around it. And we can call it church. But Jesus is going to have to say the same thing that he said that we read earlier to a lot of churches when they stand before God and a lot of pastors and a lot of people. They're going to stand before him one day. And he's going to have to say, you like whitewashed tombs. Let's get on the outside. But there's nothing on the inside. I know that's heavy. But let me tell you what I see. Can I prophesy to you this morning? I hear the sound of dry bones rattling. I see an army of God that is going to rise up in these last days 
that is going to take their stand against the powers of darkness and the forces of evil and is going to take a stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ and is going to say, I am not going to be one of the ones uh, who is going to go, amen, the way, amen, that these uh, had to go. I'm not going to be just a dry bone in the valley, uh, amen. I'm just going to go ahead and say, breath of God, uh, breathe on me. You see, God can take what seems dead and He can bring it back to life again. He can take something that seems impossible and He can make it possible. He can take a situation in your life that is hopeless and give you hope. And if you're here this morning... And deep down in your soul and in your spirit and in your heart, you know that you're not born again. Church, can these bones live? Yes. Here's what I say. Dry bones. God is going to put you back together. He's going to reform and remake you, and He's going to put His Spirit and His life in you, and you will live. Child of God, if you're in this place this morning and the inside of you is spiritually dry and dead and there was once a fire and there was once some passion. There was once some spirit in you that was burning. There was some life. Somewhere along the line, the fire's gone out. And that love for that sinner man and sinner woman that's out there is not there like it used to be. Can these dry bones live? Yes, they can. I prophesy to the wind this morning. And I say, breath of God, spirit of God, breathe on us this morning. God, take my faults and my failures. Let me preach at me for a minute. When it becomes all about preparing a sermon or singing a song, Are looking good in front of a congregation. Are worrying about what people think. And we that stand behind the pulpit lose sight of what we were called to do. Can these bones live? Yes, they can. And I prophesy to us this morning in the name of Jesus. And I say, I will, God says, bring you back. 
and I will put my spirit and my life in you and I will raise you up a mighty army and I will make you a, a people, uh, amen, that are on fire for Jesus Christ uh, who have, uh, amen, a burning desire in their life uh, to take a gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to somebody who is dying and on their way to hell right now. Stand to your feet this morning if you're able to stand. Bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment with me if you would. I pictured this message going a completely different direction this morning. But I yield to the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do right now. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. I want to ask everybody that is in here, every single person, an honest question. It's the statement and the question that Jesus posed to Nicodemus. Are you born again? Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Jesus said the only way to enter into the kingdom of heaven is to be born again. You must be born of the water, which is your natural birth, and of the spirit, which is your spiritual rebirth. Nicodemus, in talking to Jesus, recognized that Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you're not far from the kingdom. And Jesus, in that same chapter of John, chapter number 3, spoke these famous words. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. I'm going to ask you to be honest this morning. If you're here, and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, would you raise your hand and just let me know and say, Brother Tony, I want you to pray for me. I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you. I won't make you do anything you won't, don't want to do. I just want you to be honest with yourself and honest with God. If you need Jesus in your heart this morning, would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me. Would you Pray for me this morning. If you're here this morning, child of God, and you say, Brother Tony, I want some of that spirit and life and breath in me. Maybe I need to dust off some cobwebs and clear out some dusty places in my life. If that's you this morning, would you slip up your hand and let me know? Can these bones live? Yes. And they will. In Jesus' name. If you raised your hand this morning and you signaled 
to God that you need to pray and you want to talk to him this morning. I'm going to open up the altar to you and I'm going to, ask, I'm going to invite you to come and I'm going to ask you to come. All you have to do is simply step out by faith and come down to the altar and say, Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you that area. Jesus, I surrender all to you. Would you step out and come? Jesus is standing at the altar this morning with arms wide open. He's saying, go ahead, touch my nail-scarred hands. Put your hand in my side. See that it is me. If you need him this morning, would you step out? There's already one here. You won't be the only one. You don't have to be ashamed this morning to come to the altar. Ten or fifteen steps from the back to the front or wherever you're sitting right now could be Ten steps that will change your life.